If you don't have the right to request emergency help from public services, how are you going to survive? I am Gilmara, but everyone calls me Jill. I am an activist and I have been campaigning for Step Up Migrant Woman since 2018. And I work as a support worker in a peer support group for LORS, Latin American Women's Rights Service. As immigrants who suffer domestic abuse, when we go for help, we generate more questions about who we are and about our status rather than concern about our safety. It's a shocking fact that many migrant women, having summoned the strength to flee their abusers to ask for help, are immediately deemed a suspect. I'm Renata Pepe, and you're listening to Women Resisting Violence, where we share stories from Latin American women transforming lives through their fight against gender-based violence. Elizabeth Jimenez Iñanez, as coordinator of the Step Up Migrant Women campaign for the Latin American Women's Rights Service, or LORS, is only too familiar with the dismissive responses from public services. As a BIAM for migrant women organization, we and our colleagues have experienced the negative consequences of the hostile environment and what it means to hold migrant status. For example, the workers in public services or the police the response when they encounter a victim with undocumented, irregular or precarious status is looking at their migrant status and saying that they can help because these victims have no rights. Irregular or precarious migrant status can refer to women who don't have all the immigration documents in order or don't have independent status, for example, women who'd come to the country with study visas, spouse visas or work visas. On top of this, migrant women are more likely to be exposed to abuse. Almost half of the women who had reported gender-based violence to specialist women's organizations such as LORS had done so after failing to get support from the police. LORS is an organization that provides frontline services and our policy work is informed by those experiences. That is how the work with the Step Up emerged, through case work showing the high incidence of women being terrified, being more terrified of the police than the perpetrator of abuse against them. These frontline services include counseling, legal advice in welfare benefits, housing, debt and employment rights, as well as integration activities and confidence-building sessions. If you don't speak English, look different, or your immigration status is not regular, you will receive completely different treatment which will be submerged in this immigration control perspective. This approach of looking at you as someone who is committing an administrative crime by being an irregular migrant, more than being you as a victim. Because part of the abuse is telling victims that no one will believe them, that they will be deported, detained, so when women decide to leave a violent situation and seek help, and the state's response is precisely what they have been told, I'm going to pass your details to the home office. You have no right to access a refuge because you have no right to public funds. We are going to detain you, deport you, and to not believe you. This confirms the threats made by perpetrators. This was exactly what happened to you who migrated to the UK from Rio de Janeiro with her family, her partner, and two children. 
I came to this country with my partner, who had both sets of rights from both Brazil and the UK. At a certain point, I became illegal because I had come as a tourist. He led me to believe that I would be possible to get legal status here. But time passed, his controlling grew worse, and I became illegal. The situation with the relationship became even more difficult because he used my lack of status to be abusive, basically. It all progressed until a point at which I couldn't take any more and literally run away from home to get help from the police. Unfortunately, this wasn't in London. It was in a rural place where even the police emergency department closed their building. So I stayed on the street to get help, went into the police and tried to explain everything in English, which was very difficult. My experience was of real hostility. The police saying that they weren't a hotel and I should seek help in my embassy or in immigration to return to my country. So at that point, I had fled from these men who, as the perpetrator, remained with the custody of our child. I thought I'd be listened to and given shelter, but I was not. When I went to the home office to ask for a voluntary return, I said to myself, I couldn't stay on the street. I had my family in Brazil, my mom's house, so I said, please, send me back there. I have my documents here. They told me I need at least seven days to issue the ticket, but what has happened with you until then? When I came to the UK, I came with the child I had with that partner, but I also had an older child from a previous relationship. So when I asked to return, I wasn't alone. I had a child with me who was entirely my responsibility. They said, unfortunately, there's nothing we can do. Do you have somewhere to go? Do you know anyone here? The only person I knew was the perpetrator. So I ended up going to a different police department and staying there until someone could get me into a hostel. So the process was of leaving an abusive relationship and finding myself suddenly homeless. Especially with the timing, it was December, almost Christmas, when it was absurdly cold. So there was that feeling of, where am I? Where can I go? Fortunately for Gilles, this is when Laura stepped in and helped her find shelter. A kind man at the Brazilian embassy told Gilles about the organization and recommended that she call them. Having heard the situation endlessly repeated through their frontline advisory work, Laura decided to develop a campaign, Step Up Migrant Women, to tackle the faults in the system. Responding to this situation, Laura has this campaign with the aim of securing changes in public policy and legislation to create what in English is called a firewall. This would entail a clear separation between reporting crimes or accessing services and any type of immigration control. The campaign was established by Lors and launched on the 1st of November 2017. The aim was to first inform people that this was happening and also to influence decision makers to search for changes to public policy in order to prioritize protecting women over immigration control. 
The campaign was driven by a coalition of over 50 organizations from the feminist, migrant, and human rights sectors, including many migrant-led organizations from different ethnic groups, and culminated in lobbying for amendments in the Domestic Abuse Bill. The Domestic Abuse Bill was presented for the first time in 2019. One of the principal areas it did not cover was providing protections for migrant women. From the start of this legislative process, Lords and Step Up, together with other organizations, got involved to seek specific changes in the bill. We collected information, collected case studies, and came with this wealth of information provided by the organizations and shared it with decision makers. We worked collectively to show that barriers that migrant women face are not isolated but structural. Sharing stories was essential to provide evidence demonstrating structural prejudices towards migrant women to take to Parliament. However, opening up to this experience of violence can be painful and difficult. This is something recognized by MINA Theater, or Migrants in Action Theater, who work in partnership with organizations like LORS. So, who wants to start? I can start. Yay! <laughs> Um, I feel peaceful, calm, and uh, I expect a, a day full of love with my community. And I pass to you. <laughs> my name is Carolina, and I'm the artistic director of MINA, which stands for Migrants in Action. MINA is a community theatre group dedicated to Brazilian women living in London who have experienced any sort of gender violence. The majority of Brazilian women feel that they have suffered some type of violence on different levels. We use uh, theatre techniques during our meetings. I'm going to invite you all to stand up. <laughs> Take a, a deep breath together to help everyone to relax and feel more comfortable, as well as giving them uh, more confidence to open up a space where the stories can be slowly shared. Nunca fiz, eu estava um pouco tímida, mas todas as reuniões era diferente. Dançar, cantar, os poemas, poder expressar nossas emoções. Algo que me ajudou muito e as outras mulheres também. Feeling welcomed is the greatest part of Mina. Also, uh, being part of community, knowing you are being heard and valued. Because we also bring art to our meetings, which evokes our culture. It makes you feel at home when sharing your stories and learning from each other's experiences. We learn how to identify violence, and by exchanging information, we can help each other. Each woman brings their baggage, their different and personal stories. Some of them come from places with a lot of oppression, suffering, and then don't, don't feel recognized and valued for their work. They sometimes have a background of poverty and not having any visibility in Brazil. So when this woman comes to Mina, they often are defensive or sometimes their reaction is, OK, uh, this is my place, I can speak here. 
it is a, a long process that can take months with a lot of conversations between our workshops. We also talk a lot during our encounters since all these women come to us feeling scared and anxious. Um, our job is to make them feel welcome, calmer and to feel good about themselves. And so slowly they will start to recognize their own talents. So what is it about theater and the arts that encourage the sharing of these painful experiences? The theater questions who the character is. The spinal cord of theater comes from the questions who, how, where, when and why. So by asking those questions of ourselves, we can understand who we are and what our place in society is, and how we can make things different. The most important thing is to focus on the women's inner healing, individually and collectively, and only after that to focus on fighting the system. Theatre comes to help transform individuals and introduce them to action, so that they can then be transformation actors themselves and help to create a better society. Xiu has definitely become an agent for change and transformation. After sharing her story with Lors, receiving support and starting to heal, Jill took it one step further to ensure that other women would not have to go through the same experience. Lors, an organization that was really my savior, they rescued me from a very difficult time. They asked me if I wanted to participate in an event in the parliament. I thought, my goodness, Parliament. But then I thought, okay, let's do it. Jill is an admirable woman in terms of her conviction, the work she has done, and the strength she has to search for change. Jill is someone who, for instance, during the process of debating the domestic abuse bill, went to present evidence of her case. She makes very clear, this happened to me, but it's not an isolated story. It's systematic and institutional. The system is not working. These systems often are so elitist and close that this affects the representation of which voices are heard not only in policy terms, but also the voices of survivors and victims of violence. Okay, thank you very much uh, for coming in to give evidence this afternoon. My name is Jumara uh, Garcia. And I'm here to share my experiences. I came uh, for you. It always started with giving a kind of, this is what happened to me, but listen, let's change things. So this doesn't happen to other women, because the whole issue is really about lack of information and a lack of protection. We cannot at all help you. You need to go to the immigration and your embassy. So the police, you went as a victim of domestic abuse and the police told you that there would be no accommodation for you and that because of your status was unsettled that actually you now had to just go to your embassy even though you had reported to them as a victim of violence. These women who have experience with these situations of abuse have a space to share with us and to participate. And that is one of the largest successes because the government was not able to say, well, we are not going to do anything. We presented three amendments that aim to answer some of the specific needs 
of migrant women. The amendment that Lords led alongside the Step Up was a proposal to create a firewall between support mechanisms and immigration control. It has been a very long process of writing the bill and scrutinizing it, and many things that happened in the middle, such as the pandemic. But after delays, the bill became law in April. Generally speaking, our position is that sadly, despite some concessions made in terms of safe reporting and a pilot project to offer accommodation to migrant women, the law does not respond to the need and the urgency of protecting migrant women. Shiel remains pragmatic in her reaction to the disappointing ruling. What gives me hope and again a sense of mission is that this project is going in the direction of something that will make a difference. But I don't believe that will be in my generation's time. The conservatives are very reluctant to step out of their comfort zone. And so it, it's a long journey. Despite this, the government did have to recognize the groups affected, and this was by being confronted with their personal stories. Carolina Cao sees theater as an integral tool, both to help migrant women voice their stories for the first time, but also to make them publicly visible. It is extremely important to know other narratives and that there are more stories than those that are told about us. When we perform to wider public and show the reality that these women face, we start making the social change that is needed. Theatre is a political art. It has to be political. And by shedding light on untold stories, Mina can positively influence social campaigns, impacting the creation of laws that could benefit these women. So the new project we are working on that has started in August is to bring to government institutions information and data about real women who had to navigate this hostile system during their migration process. So by doing this, we expect to start a discussion about new laws and changes that could be made. Shifting the narrative is slow and laborious work, especially in a time of crisis with the pandemic in the spotlight, as Gilles recalls. We tend to hear at the moment it is about the pandemic, about COVID, but there is a much old established pandemic and it's that of violence against women and femicide. So when you sit with women who sometimes are even still with the perpetrator because they don't know what to do or because he plays the role of father or the person who sustains the home. So for the woman to be free, there is a lot more to it than imprisoning that man. It's also about what happens once the woman gets away, especially in a country which is not your home. How is the woman going to manage the issue of housing or of having her own health centre, her child in school? There are many strands to it, and this is what a case worker does, the practical issues. Don't worry, you won't be out on the streets because we can direct you to housing, etc. 
The multiple strands of support required by women leaving abusers are even more important for Latin American migrant women trying to navigate an alien system and one which doesn't formally recognize them. Carolina is determined to challenge this effacement through theater. There's a survey that was conducted by Professor Kathy McWan found that 82% of Brazilian women living in the UK already experienced some sort of gender violence in their lifetime. This is a relevant percentage, and all these women are not being heard or seen. And that's why Mina used theater to bring all these women together, to see themselves in each other, and to find strength through all the shared experiences. E eu sempre falo que nós estamos no mesmo mar. O barco aqui é diferente. Ele começou muito, muito calado, muito introspectivo. Cada uma foi mostrando quem ela era. We find creative ways of telling our stories to a public that hasn't had the chance of seeing this other side of ourselves. Disassociated from the stereotype of a woman wearing a bikini and costumes during carnival. Unfortunately, the Latin American community is still invisible in the UK to the extent that the 2021 census did not have an ethnic category for the Latin American community to fill in, even though we are a large community living in the country. Lack of representation makes it difficult to design a national or local government services for Latin Americans. This might be providing access to English language learning or health advocates to represent those who don't speak English while accessing health services. Elizabeth. If I'm not mistaken, there has been an almost 50% cut to funding for English classes in the last years in the UK. In a community like the Latin American one, this is even more complicated. We know that in the community, people often have precarious employment, which complicates access to English classes due to time availability. So there is no institutional response, a public policy response, that looks to adapt and avoid the discrimination of our communities. For instance, there has been a reduction in translation services in several state services, which we saw happen from the very beginning of the pandemic. This obviously prevents women, Latin American women in this specific case, from having justice. They face barriers to reporting crimes to police because there are no translators. Police will ask you to bring your son as a translator. So, obviously, there is a system lacking in ethics and a danger of re-victimization. This allows perpetrators to tell victims that since they don't speak English, nobody will listen to them or help. Many of the women who come for our services are women who, as part of their experience of abuse, are isolated from any type of support network. Many of these women migrate alone or exclusively with their partners and don't have support in a country like England where the language barrier can play a principal role. For Gilles, receiving support from Lors and becoming a key actor in their Step Up Migrant Women campaign fueled her motivation to do more to help other women and improving her English was part of this. Yo no me voy. 
My English at the time wasn't great, so I started to study and my intention was to become a support worker. The group laws, which as well as having saved me now, employs me. How good is that? I was invited by laws to take part in a support project for a woman who is still... Because we need to remember, this happened to me at the end of 2016. We are in 2021 and there are still women going through similar things to what I went through. And the perpetrators are living with this sense of impunity. So when I work with women today, I explain to them that they each have their own story, but they are not alone. That I have already been through the same thing. When I got this opportunity, I brought back the feeling of hope. One thing we always mention a lot to survivors is that when you are in that situation, you feel like it will never end but it will. When a woman is a survivor of domestic abuse, this happened to me. She ended up in a lot of doubt. Uh, am I in the right or the wrong? Because abuse is not only physical, though. It starts to break you right from the start, making you question your own sanity. And when you go to get help and everything he said becomes reality, you start to thinking... Maybe he was right. Maybe it's better to stay with him. So being in the peer support group saying, look, the cycle of violence, it is circular. You have that honeymoon period, then it grows and grows until it explodes. Then he comes back and you think, okay, I can relax now. But you are always walking on eggshells. There are tools to help you. Show woman that it's not normal what he's doing. But the choice is hers. We give advice, give tools, explain what domestic violence is, how it affects children, how to help children. Because many of us are parents. When you have a child that ends up being another reason to not leave the abusive relationship, I'd really like to say to women listening to this podcast, we are seeking changes in this country. And in the meantime, before change happens, we are seeking more women to fight together with us for these changes. If you would like to be one of these people fighting for changes for Latin American and other migrant women, then please like, share, review this podcast. We want to amplify the experience and work of these inspiring women as widely as we can to learn from them, give their campaigns more support, and to influence policies on gender violence that are actually based on women's lived experiences. If you like to be involved or donate, information on all of the organizations featured is available on our website, wrv.org.uk, as well as emergency support information if you are experiencing abuse. For me, it is an honor to be able to do what I do. Sometimes it's even hard to explain the synergy and atmosphere of sisterhood that is created. And it's so heartwarming. It is a privilege and it's my duty as a Brazilian, as a citizen and woman living outside of my country to bring our voices 
which have been silenced or ignored to spaces which we could not reach if it was not for the power of collectivity. I believe in creating these bonds of trust so that women know the threats made by perpetrators are not true. I want women to know that they can come to spaces like Lors where they can access feminist, confidential and free support in their own language. We want to make our appearance in history. This fight for change is going to continue. It won't stop. It is ongoing. And it is our responsibility to provide as much information as we possibly can so that no other woman needs to have the negative experience I had. That is a step up migrant woman function. It will give us a voice and we are going to keep on informing people and fighting for change. Huge thanks to Jumara Garcia, Elizabeth Jimenez Inanez, and Carolina Calangrizani for sharing their stories with us. This podcast hopes to influence policy around gender violence and highlight the lessons and voices of those working on the front line in communities. We'd be grateful if you could add a review and share it widely to help us achieve this. Head to wrv.org.uk for more about the project. Louise Morris was the producer and writer, Renata Peppel the presenter, Luciana Lopez, Jennifer Alexander, and Morgan Fairless Brown were our translators, and Eliane Correa, our recording engineer. Featuring music by Rebecca Lane and Wara. Special thanks to Kathy McAwain, Moniza Hizini Ansari, and Marilyn Thompson. Women Resisting Violence was funded by King's College London, ESRC IAA grant, through a fellowship with the Latin American Bureau. No daremos pasas